We are in week two of a four-week series called Foodies, Food for Your Soul. And I titled today's message, Thirsty. Have you ever been so thirsty that you said, I'm going to die if I don't get something to drink? Man, I, I have felt that way before, and I remember growing up and we woke up and we had two-a-day football practices. And I can remember two-a-day football practices and, and having the pads on and out there hitting each other and running and hitting and running. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to die. When's the water break coming? And they finally would say, go get a drink of water. And about that time, I think I'm going to pass out, run over, get some water. And, you know, back in the day, I'd take the helmet off. I'd put water in my mouth, water on my head, water on my back, underneath the pads, in my underarm, everywhere I could get water because it was so hot in August during two-a-day practices, so hot, I thought I was going to die from not having enough water. And thank God I did not. I survived. I'm here to tell the story. But you know, the reality is this, it's really a fact that you can die if you don't have enough water. If you go without water for a few days, you will die. Water is so important to our bodies. Did you realize that water makes up about two-thirds of our body weight? The human brain is made up about, of about 95% water. Blood, our blood is made up of about 82% of water. Our lungs are made up of about 90% of water, a mere 2% drop in our body's water supply can trigger signs of dehydration, can trigger signs of short-term memory loss, trouble with basic math, and difficulty focusing on small print. How many of you growing up went to school and whenever you was making bad grades and doing bad, the teacher say, why are you doing so bad? You would say, I'm dehydrated. Come on, somebody, huh? That's a new line for all you students today. Yes, let me help you today. Just like your car cannot run without oil and gas, our bodies cannot function properly. They cannot function without water. We need water. And I want to talk to you about that today. As I talk about the series Foodies and Food for, for Our Soul, I thought how much water is so important of our, important part of our diet and so necessary for the human body. Matter of fact, health authorities say that you need eight ounces of water a day, glasses of water a day. You need eight cups of water every single day. That comes out to about two liters of water a day or a half a gallon of water. How many of you across all of our locations drink that much water every day? Raise your hand. Now, some of you are lying because you're counting coffee and tea and lemonade and Coca-Cola and Diet Dr. Pepper. And come on, my favorite growing up as a kid, Kool-Aid. Come on, where the Kool-Aid lovers at? Where are you? Don't be counting Kool-Aid. So, well, it's mostly water. No, it's not. It's sugar. Sugar water. My favorite drink growing up as a kid, that does not count. Listen, water is an important theme in the Bible. There are times in the Bible when water refers to the Holy Spirit. Let me show you a couple of examples in John chapter 4, four and verse 14. Jesus said, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And, and this spring of water is talking about the Holy Spirit. Let me pause and say this to you. I want to really teach you today. I want to help you understand some important truths about 
the Holy Spirit and how necessary it is. And it's, it's water for our soul, for the inside of us. It's necessary. And I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today as I teach you and help you to understand some of the workings of the Holy Spirit. The Bible compares it to water. John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus said, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty, the title of our message, who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had, yet, had not yet been glorified. So the Bible is saying Jesus had not yet died on the cross and rose again. So at that time, the spirit had not yet been given. But of course, that's already transpired. Jesus has died and rose again. He sent the Holy Spirit. And the Bible is simply saying this, whoever believes in Jesus will receive rivers of living water inside of them. They will receive the Holy Spirit. And the key to having these rivers of living water inside of you is you have to believe in Jesus. You have to trust in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. At that moment, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. You become a Christian. The Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. It says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. For we were all baptized by one Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. By one Spirit so as to form one body, one body of Christ, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Notice how the analogy of water, one spirit to drink. At salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ and comes to live inside of every Christian, just like our bodies need water to live and to thrive. As Christians, listen, we, if we're going to be a Christ follower, a Christian, we have to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Without the Holy Spirit, we are spiritually dead. But I want you to understand something, that salvation is not the only work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit, and God wants to just continually fill us with the power of of the Holy Spirit. Let me show this to you in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, referring to Jesus. He says, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So at salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. We become a part of the family of God. After salvation, Jesus baptizes, or that word simply means immerses us with the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, don't I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me at salvation? Yes, absolutely yes. This baptism by Jesus is separate, a separate work of the Holy Spirit where he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit and then God continually fills us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you this in John chapter 3 and verse 34. The Bible says, for the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. Somebody shout, without limit. 
Yeah, God wants to just fill you full of the Holy Spirit, fill you full, just fill you full, just continually fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians says it like this in chapter 5 and verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That literally means be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches us. We need to be continually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. God does not want you to stop at salvation. That's the most important decision you'll ever make. If you're not a Christ follower, man, you got to believe in Jesus. You need to trust in Jesus for your, to become your Lord and Savior. But don't stop there. Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. God wants to continually fill you full of the Holy Spirit, just like we need water to live and to thrive with our physical bodies. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled full of the Holy Spirit to thrive as Christians. And the early church, when you study the early church in the book of Acts, they were continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example here, Acts chapter 13, verse 52. And the disciples, the disciples of Jesus were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That They didn't stop with salvation. Acts chapter 6 and verse, 30, verse 3 says, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit. That's a key word. Everybody at all of our locations, everybody shout the word full. Come on, everybody shout it. Come on, Indy. Everybody shout it. Everybody say full. full. Notice that. Full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. You see, friends, not all Christians are full. Full. Of, they, they said select people that are full of the Holy Spirit. And most of us know Christians who don't live a life of victory. They're not full of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they live a defeated life. They, they, they look, talk, and act like the world. And to thrive as a Christian, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Just like there are major benefits to having water, the proper amount of water in our bodies, there are major benefits to being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And for the next few moments, I want to just give you some benefits. Some benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this to you. I could give you a lot of benefits. There are a lot of benefits to being filled with the Holy Spirit. So more than three, read your Bible. It's good stuff in there. But today, I want to give you three benefits of being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Three benefits. The first benefit is this. The Holy Spirit will develop your character. Will develop your character. Now, all of us, every Christian is on a journey to become more like Jesus. And the more we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more we become like Jesus. We act like Jesus. We talk like Jesus. When you get more full of the Holy Spirit, you live a greater life of victory. You get more full of the Holy Spirit, you experience more freedom. You get full of the Holy Spirit, you, you, you now are overcoming bad habits and destructive behavior. The Holy Spirit makes all the difference in the world. Now, let me explain it to you like this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it talks to us about if you're living a life with, according to the flesh or if you're living a life according to the Spirit. And he says the acts of the flesh are obvious. When we live by the flesh instead of the Spirit, it's obvious. And the first thing he says is you'll have sexual immorality. And right here is your life. 
your life without drugs. That was a joke, folks. You're slow. That's all right. That's all right. And this is sin, these ping pong balls. And the Bible says when we live according to the flesh, we'll have sexual immorality and impurity. And the Bible goes on to say there'll be debauchery in our life. And I mean, the Bible goes on to say there'll your life gets full of sin. You'll have idolatry and witchcraft and, and hatred and discord and jealousy. Fits of, your life just gets full of fits of rage and selfish ambition and dissension and factions. And, and here's what happens when your life is just full of this world. And, and, and here's how some of you are living. You've given your life to Jesus and you're a Christian. Oh, yeah, you, you got the Holy Spirit. He's in you. And so is a lot of other stuff. And you are full of a lot of things of this world. And, and the Holy Spirit, God, God wants to just fill you full of the Holy Spirit. Because here's what happens when your life is full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19, it gives us the fruit of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace patience. I mean, you, got, you get full of the Holy Spirit. You know what happens? God begins to start washing that junk out of your life. And you say, Pastor, it's not all gone. And God says, you know what? I want to get your life full of peace and, and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. You say, Pastor, I'm not there yet. Jesus is still working on me. I know he is. Get full of the Holy Spirit. And he'll start washing some stuff out of your life. That you, and you say, Pastor, whoo, he's done a great work in me. But I still want to cuss out my coworker. Come on, get some more of the Holy Ghost. You need some more of the Spirit. You got too much. Pastor, you know what? Mm, I want to lie. I want to lie. Get that lie out your life. Come in, Jesus. Full of the Spirit. Pastor, I'm not there yet. I'm still struggling, Pastor. You know what? I'm mean as a hornet. I want to sting everybody. Oh, get some more of the Spirit in your life. That Holy Spirit, ooh, it won't let go, Pastor. That's why it won't let go. It won't let go. You need some more of the Spirit of God in your life. You got to get full of the Holy Spirit and you'll have joy and peace and kindness. And some of you, listen, you're going to be full of something. And some of you are full of stuff, and it ain't the Holy Spirit. And if you'll get full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to look more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit will develop your character. Be filled with the Holy Spirit continually. Let me give you a second benefit. Number two is this. Number two is this. The Holy Spirit will develop Christian gifts in you. Will develop Christian gifts in you. One of the things the Bible teaches us about the Holy Spirit is that he gives Christians spiritual gifts. So if you're a Christian, God has given you spiritual gifts, even if you don't know what they are. And he's giving you those gifts so that you can benefit other people, that you could bless other people. And so as you're continually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, God will develop those spiritual gifts inside of you. I want to quickly show you two lists of spiritual gifts found in the New Testament, two lists of spiritual gifts. Now, these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. They're called, they're Christian gifts, Christian spiritual gifts given by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8 says this, to, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. So the Holy Spirit gives people a, a supernatural wisdom for a specific situation. He says to another a message of knowledge by means 
of the same spirit. It's, it's saying that the Holy Spirit gives people specific knowledge about something they know nothing about. He goes on to say to another, faith by the same spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives someone the supernatural ability to believe God for something without doubting. It says to another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives, gives someone supernatural ability to pray for someone and to see them healed from a sickness or a disease. He says to another, miraculous powers. And that's when the Holy Spirit gives someone the supernatural ability to perform a miracle. Now, a miracle is something that transcends the natural laws of the universe. He goes on to say to another prophecy, and prophecy is when the Holy Spirit gives someone a message of encouragement to share with a person or persons. To another, distinguishing between spirits. And this is when the Holy Spirit gives someone the ability to discern what is from God, the devil, or the flesh. Distinguishing between spirits. Now, some people will say, Pastor, God's given me the gift of discernment. No, that's not in your Bible. So you might be discerning, but that's not a gift of the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. So the gift of tongues is the supernatural ability to speak in a language that is unknown to the person. And the gift of interpretation is the spiritual ability to interpret the gift of tongues so that the hearers will be blessed and ministered to. Now, now the, 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 the tongues and interpretation is, is really the one that I hear a lot of confusion about. Now, now, the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is different from a personal prayer language. A, a personal prayer language is when a Christian prays in an unknown language given to them by the Holy Spirit. And praying in this unknown language benefits and blesses the person, strengthens the person that is praying. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 is primarily talking about a tongue spoken in the presence of another person or, or persons, and it is to be interpreted so that the listeners can benefit from it. Let me teach you a little bit more here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 says this, follow the way of love. So all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to love people. It's not about division. It's not about being weird or goofy. It's not about pride or trying to draw attention to yourself. Look at me. I'm special. No, no, no. It's about loving people. It's about ministering to people. He goes on to say, and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So we should desire spiritual gifts. Why? So that we can bless others. We can strengthen others. We can encourage others. Verse 2 says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Let me teach you here. Edify simply means to build up, to strengthen. So the person who prays in this personal prayer language given by the Holy Spirit, they strengthen themselves. They edify themselves. When a Christian prays, and in in, 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 so the, the personal prayer language is the Spirit prays to the person, and they, they build themselves up as they pray in this prayer language. But he goes on to say this, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So the person who prophesies, they're edifying, they're strengthening, they're building up the church. And Paul goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 14. Let me jump down to verse 18. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. 
So Paul prayed in his personal prayer language a lot, and it strengthened him. It built up his faith. But verse 19, he says, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So Paul said he didn't speak in tongues in the church unless it was interpreted because it would not benefit those who were listening they would not encourage them. So Paul said, listen, I, I, in private, I, I speak in this prayer language given to me by the Holy Spirit. But in the church, I'd rather speak five intelligible words. And I know from personal experience that there is a personal prayer language that strengthens Christians. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words so the church can be strengthened, so the church can be built up. Now, I want to quickly share with you Another set of spiritual gifts found in the Bible that God gives to Christians. These spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts. Who's given us? God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, which we talked about already, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. Now, let me teach you this. This is so important. Every Christian is called to serve. Jesus says the, the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. But there are some people that God has given them this special gift, this special burden, this, this special touch on their life just to serve. They just live to serve people. He says, if you are a teacher, teach well, I believe this is one of the gifts that God has given me to, to teach to, to, to his word. And some of you would say, well, I don't know, Pastor. It's not that good. Well, keep, I'm growing. Amen. Stay with me. Amen. He says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraged. Now, understand we're all called to encourage people. Listen, God has not given anybody the ministry of discouragement. I know some of you don't believe that, but that's not a spiritual gift. And you thought right there was your way in, right? there. So you say, uh-huh, see, he gives, God gives some people the ability to encourage. I have the opposite gift. No, you don't. We're all called to encourage people, but yet God gives some people a special per, per, uh, touch, a special burden to, to, to minister encouraging words. They're always, always encouraging people. It goes on to say, if it is giving, give generously. We're all called to give. We're all called to be tithers, but God gives some people this special gift to, to just resource his kingdom. They, they live to make money, to give above their tithe, to advance the kingdom of God. They're always looking to give, 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 give. I, I know people like this they just live to give he says if you if God has given you leadership ability take the responsibility seriously leadership gift is a gift from God it's a gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given some of you to to lead and to to lead people well he says and if you have a gift of showing kindness to others do it gladly now let me say it again that does not mean you need to be rude on the opposite side all of us are called to be kind but yet God has given some people this special gift just to be extra kind and extra sweet and hospitable and just can't wait to just love on everybody and just be kind to everybody. That that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, if you're a Christian, every one of you has been given spiritual gifts by God. We don't all have the same gifts. You may not even know what they are and you may not be using them. But the Holy Spirit has given you gifts. Why? For one purpose, to bless other people, to help other people, to benefit other people. 
And as 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, you need to eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want you to get full of the Holy Spirit so that God can use you to help other people, to bless other people, to benefit other people, to strengthen other people, to encourage other people. Number three is this. Let me give you a third benefit of being full of the Holy Spirit. Number three, the Holy Spirit will help you change the world. Change the world. Notice this in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God wants you to be full of the Holy Spirit so that he can use your life as a witness for his kingdom's sake. He wants to use your life. Acts chapter 11 verse 24 says this, Barnabas was a good man, full. There's that word again. Some Christians aren't full. He was full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Did you see the benefit of being full of the Holy Spirit? Many people were brought to the Lord. Because when you and I get full of the Holy Spirit, it's no longer about us and selfishness and consumerism. It's all about me. No, we get full of the Holy Spirit. It becomes about others and how do we reach them and how do I share my story to, to reach other people. And man, we can't wait to talk about Jesus and to share our faith or to share how God changed our life or how God has helped us. We're looking for opportunities to bring our friends or our family to church because when we get full of the Holy Spirit, we have a heart desire to change our world. It's a burden that the Holy Spirit places on our lives. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled. We're talking about Christians here. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. These Christians prayed, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the outcome was they had a boldness to share the word of God with other people. They received power to be a witness. They had power to change their world. People search, I want you to do three things. Here, here are three takeaways from this message. Number one is this, ask God to fill you full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you. The Bible says in that verse, they prayed. They prayed. Number two, believe God will fill you. It says in that verse, they were filled. Friends, if you ask God to fill you full of the power of the Holy Spirit, he is faithful. He will fill you. Matter of fact, the scripture says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, if you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God, I'm telling you, if you will ask God for the Holy Spirit to fill you, he will fill you full of the Holy Spirit. So ask God. When you leave out of here, when you're in your quiet time with the Lord, I hope you have a quiet time every day, time with God. Would you ask God to fill you? And then when you ask God, would you believe that he's doing it? By faith, just receive it. So, Pastor, I've done that. I don't, I don't feel anything. It's not about your feelings. It's about doodads and goosebumps. And it's not, no, it's receive it by faith. That God's filling you as you seek him and you ask him to fill you full of his power and his presence. He's filling you. And number three is this. 
Go change your world. Go make a difference. Go share Jesus with somebody. Go pray for somebody. Go help somebody. Go encourage somebody. Go minister to somebody. Go, go invite somebody to church. God wants to fill you full of the power of the Holy Spirit so you can change your world. He wants to use you to be a witness. And I'm telling you, we've got to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit to make a difference in this dark generation. We need to be full of God's Spirit. Friends, can I tell you, don't stop at salvation. If you don't know the Lord, you need to be saved. You need to give your life to Christ. But don't stop there. God wants to fill you continually with the power of the Holy Spirit and wash the junk out of your life, develop his gifts inside of you, and to use you to change your world.